You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday. We're back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. I feel like the color looks really weird today, looking at the the screen. Anyway, um, pretty soon, won't be here. I think we got two and a half weeks until moving day, if everything goes according to plan. Uh, nonetheless, all right, so we're going to get into, there was some press conference stuff today. I, I don't think it was anything particularly groundbreaking, but we talked to Tyler Morris for the first time. We talked to Chris Jenkins. We talked to Colston Loveland, and I kind of want to get into just some general thoughts, even kind of going back to some pro day stuff, because we talked about uh, some pro day stuff, but talking to Colston Loveland in particular, for instance, uh, I do want to discuss him a little bit. And, uh, but, and I also want to kind of get in a little bit of uh, the end of the basketball of it all, uh, since it is done, it is over. And we touched upon it over the weekend, but uh, we didn't really give it the full attention it deserves. So we'll get to that part in the end. That'll be our last segment. Uh, But we are going to start off with uh, just some general things from the press conference, some general takeaways, and then see where that takes us. And then we'll go from there. So first and foremost, um, my big thing was obviously talking to Tyler Morris and just the fact that I do feel, and it was asked of me in the mailbag over the weekend, do I feel like the pictures are purposefully taken and things of that nature? Yes, and uh, I think it's even more of a tell for Michigan when they give you one of those players, right? Like, they're not going to give you a guy that is not really involved. They just aren't, generally. The only exception to that is sometimes you'll get the backup quarterbacks. Uh, last day of spring or, you know, 2019, it was on the day of the spring game. In the middle of the spring game, they literally had like a, a press conference in the middle of it. And they brought back some of the quarterbacks. It was really bizarre. Um, or the the last day of fall camp uh, press conference before you get into the week, uh, then maybe you might have that situation where they'll give you uh, the, the, whoever they think are, is in the running for the quarterbacks. And sometimes that's been really depressing, right? Like Shane Morris over the years was like, I, I think I can win this thing to, I hope I put my best foot forward to, I don't know, man, there's more, <laughs> more important things than football. And so you kind of knew the writing was on the wall there, but, um, it, it's a different thing entirely, especially cause they've been giving us three players every couple days, uh, twice a week or so. And when, you know, get everyone we've had has been uh, to this point, a guy that, you know, is going to be heavily involved. Now, Amarian Walker was one of those last week. And we know right now that he is heavily involved. They haven't necessarily there hasn't necessarily been this big uh, discussion of Tyler Morris. But we got Tyler Morris before we, we got a lot of other guys. I, I, I'm I assume we've gotten Cornelius Johnson sometime this spring, but. I don't really remember, to be honest. Uh, we have had Roman Wilson. We ha- we got Tyler Morris before we even uh, crossed the path of having Darius Clements. So that tells you a little bit of 
where he is in the pecking order, right? Like we got him the same day we got Chris Jenkins, who could have gone to the NFL and didn't. And uh, we got him uh, before we got several other big names. We got Tyler Morris before we got Zach Zinter or Trevor Keegan or any of the numerous centers or um, Trente Jones, right? We got him the same day that we got uh, who we would imagine is a starting tight end and the starting interior defensive lineman. So I think that speaks volumes. But he's saying all the right things, as they all always do, right? They're not coming out there saying the wrong things. Those days are long past. But what, what we are learning about him is, hey, I feel way more comfortable. He said it took until May of last year before we remember, because he had an ACL injury coming out of high school, he said. So he wasn't uh, in during the spring ball. He said it was sometime in May when finally like, I got over the mental hurdle of all of that. It affects different people differently. You know, it's it it did not affect Donovan Jeter well. He tore his ACL uh, his freshman year or sophomore year, whatever that was. I think it was his freshman year, freshman year, and he never really looked like he did in the spring, and never really recovered completely. Some guys, it's going to affect you differently. I, I've talked about this years ago, but when I broke my foot, it took a couple of years before I trusted it. When I was running, I was a avid, not, well, don't want to say avid runner. I was a regular runner. I didn't like it, but I did it regularly. And it, it took a couple of years because like, even a year after I broke my foot, there was still some pain there. And, uh, but even then I think a lot of that was psychosomatic in a way. Right. And so I understand that it took him a little bit. I think one of the more interesting things that came out of Tyler Morris and talking to him was I asked him about JJ McCarthy and what he's seen from him. And he, and he said that the difference is kind of the running ability. He said he didn't do that as much in high school. Because keep in mind, they were at Nazareth Academy before JJ transferred to IMG. And, uh, and he's like, that's really the big thing is his elusiveness. Not necessarily, I didn't get it as just, you know, taking it in a design run and running forward as much as he's going to make something happen with his feet. You're going to try to get to him. He's not going to let you. He said, <laughs> where was that in high school? But you're seeing a guy who's a little bit more confident in Tyler Morris. He's wearing a number eight now, like Ronnie Bell. He says he's learned a lot from Ronnie Bell. He feels like he's, this is his time. He's ready. He's comfortable now. So it'll be interesting to see how he takes the mantle and runs with it. Because I think, again, it, it's, it speaks volumes when Michigan's giving you a guy uh, when they're saying go out there and speak to the media usually that's a guy that's going to step forward that's that speaks louder than the words that any player might say because truth of the matter is a lot of times when you ask these players who's standing out to you they do the, the Jim Harbaugh thing from 2017 forward and just list everybody or just say everybody which doesn't give us a lot to go on the only difference is, is every now and again, you get someone come out and say, Amarian Walker, stud. That's really the only difference. All right, we are going to continue on. And I want to get to Chris Jenkins of it all and Colston Loveland. And, uh, and then we'll talk a little basketball. 
Before we do that, listen, the Built March Madness bracket is here. You know, I, we know you have a favorite bar, Puff. And now it is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I will be voting for the Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar. And I would say if you want Michigan to win, <laughs> they weren't even in the tournament, then you'd be voting for that bar too. But support your team, support your bar or puff, and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You have got to try Built. Built the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and cover 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. And pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. You would think we have a lot more to talk about with spring ball than we do. It's kind of it's kind of a weird thing. They're like in the submarine, but they're not. You know, everyone always asks. You know, every every mailbag, what do I want to see in, in, in the spring game? I I just want to see sharpness, and I'm not sure what we will see, but I feel like we might. I don't know that we'll go out there on April 1st and that we'll see. A team that looks like it's likely to be ranked number two in the country. But it's the spring game. It's a little taste of football. And we're just we're a week and a half away from that. So that's at least exciting. Um, All right. So we talked to, to Chris Jenkins and we talked to Colston Loveland. Let's start with Chris Jenkins. And this isn't necessarily just all reacting to what they had to say. It's kind of some more of just more thoughts based off of what they had to say mixed with my, I guess my takeaways in a way. Uh, but, uh, Chris Jenkins planning to be 310 ish pounds. Uh, he's at 300 now said he was 285 by the end of the year last year. He does not look any bit like if you were to like, just put him in front of me and, and ask me like, what does he weigh? I'd say like 240. That's what he looks like. Grant, I'm probably the 220. I'm just out of wildly out of shape. 185 is my optimal, so that tells you a little bit. Uh, but uh, he says he's he's 300 right now. But again, he's svelte. You know, I compared him to to Mo Hurst, right? In what I think he can do this year. Mo Hurst, famous for the belly rubs, and Mo Hurst isn't exactly this big, you know blubbery guy or anything like that when he was at Michigan and he looks more svelte even now that he's in the NFL. But I'll tell you, Chris Jenkins just looks cut. It's like the Aiden Hutchinson of it all, right? Like where it's like you look at him and you're like, a defensive end is not supposed to look like that. That's what it is with Chris Jenkins. Like a defensive tackle is not supposed to look like that. So that's exciting. I mean, he he had good things to say about uh, pretty much the bulk of the line said their main goal is to get as good with the pass rush on the interior as they were with run defense last year. And he just sang the praises particularly of 
uh, there were two guys, there were three guys that got mentioned. Now he did, he did mention Kenneth Grant, but he was not kind. Of, he was kind of an afterthought there. I don't think that means much because Kenneth Grant's built more for I think run stopping than anything. But he mentioned Mason Graham, as you can expect. He mentioned Rayshon Benny. Uh, and was just like, he's just really come on. So that's encouraging, of course. And he mentioned Cam Good, who's a guy that we haven't necessarily seen, but he's like kind of mentioned, like he kind of gets in there. And you know what? They, they need someone like him. I, so no like a wanna still are kind of waiting for him to, to break through. Obviously, we'll see if like Trey Pierce, once he comes in the, uh, the summer, if he can break in early, certainly he could be... I don't think he'll necessarily be another Mason Graham, but he might be. Um, but when I asked him also about Mike Elston and what he's brought to the table, he just it was just like, man, it's it, it's uh, understanding the challenges and the technical aspects. It reminds me of, and this is before my time in covering the team. It was when back in the fan days. Hearing the way he talks about Mike Elston reminds me a lot about how players talked about Greg Madison when Madison came aboard uh, as the defensive coordinator with Brady Hoke. I know he's a turncoat. We don't want to talk about him. But at the same time, I mean, I think that's instructive. Whenever you hear, like, we're getting really back to the fundamentals and the techniques and things of that nature, especially when you're as good as you were a year ago, that means you're really honing in on, and like he said, the minutia. Well, he said the minute details, but the, the minutia is what's really being focused on here. I think that weirdly is exciting because it feels like whenever we have heard that from any player over the course of the years, it's just the sky's the limit. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see more praise for Braden McGregor. Some praise from, uh, as well, from uh, from Colston Loveland on Jalen Harrell. Said, like, what asked about who do you hate going up against? It's Jalen Harrell, and he's like, iron sharpens iron. So, speaking of Colston Loveland, let's talk about him for a second, because Joel Honigford said that he could be the best of all. And we talked briefly about that last week on the Pro Day episode, but said he could be the best Michigan tight end ever. He's honing in hard on the blocking. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, as is Tyler Morris. said, listen, if you want to be a complete receiver, you got to be able to block. But he says that, like, you know, the blocking is the part of it. He's like, remember, I was just a straight-up receiver in high school. They didn't ask us to block. So it's like that. that's something that is taking on itself. But he understands that, not, you know, it's... It's his time, and he's like, you know what? They build this program out of maturity. No one comes in here and acts young. So because they instill very quickly in us that if we are going to do what we need to do, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman. It doesn't matter if you're a senior. You have to have that same mentality across the board. And Colston Loveland, is, it's, it's his time now. Uh, said that not only is he learning from A.J. Barner, but AJ Barner is also learning from him. Let's see that, you know, we're picking stuff up off of each other, which is interesting when you have a second year player versus a guy who's a senior, the guy who was a team captain at uh, his previous stop. So uh, if you hear Zuri barking, apologies, she's just going nuts up there. 
She had enough of it down here. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, again, I just feel like things are going to be surprising in a lot of ways. You know, we, we tried to get him in the, to answer the question like, okay, what's this, what is this offense really going to take off? You know, how, how, how did, you know, are you going to get more targets? And it's a little mum, but it still kind of feels like, like we're going to see some more fireworks. And now, maybe that's how it's going to go in the spring because you don't have either Blake or, nor Donovan uh, going in the spring. So, uh, I think <laughs> just Zuri's just barking up a storm over here. Um, I think that uh, you're going to, you know, they're not necessarily going to rely as heavily on the run game. So, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how much the more the passing game is a part of all of this here in spring ball. Now, I am curious because Benjamin Hall did get a kind of special mention as far as the, and I don't remember which of the three players mentioned him. I uh, said Benjamin Hall has looked really, really good so far in spring ball. And that seems to be a name to kind of watch even as a freshman. Kind of more of the bowling ball. Remember, I told you, it was like Chris Evans... Uh, with the legs, but even more so, I feel like Fred Jackson. It's like Chris Evans, but thicker. I'm curious to see if he can be that third down back type of guy. So, all right, that that's gonna that. We'll, I think we'll we'll wrap up the football talk here and move on to basketball. Uh, we'll just have a couple minutes of that, and then we'll call it a good on a Monday. We're gonna sit. We're gonna pace ourselves this week a little bit because, uh, again, we're not getting a heck of a lot of. Uh, stuff to talk about here so uh well so we'll move on we'll talk basketball we'll do that momentarily before we do the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, america's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance and even bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. I'll tell you what, uh, if, if you're listening to an ad-supported version of this show, you heard me talk about FanDuel. They want they want me to, to give some bets for the week. Usually it's like for a sport I don't watch, which is the NBA. Just be thankful that I don't give you any because I considered making some bets on FanDuel yesterday. And every team that I would have picked lost. So that's why I don't do it. I'm not trying to lose you money. I do not have a good track record with betting. When it came to picking, once upon a time, Wolverines Wire, I used to be a part with College Sports News. They would ask me all my football picks every week. And I, I think two years running, I like won out of everyone they asked like far and away. I basically had just such a grip on what was going to happen on a weekly basis in football and college football. Uh, I, so then this last year I did a bunch of crazy parlays. I, I won one. It wasn't a crazy parlay. I won. It was like the smaller one. I turned like five into like 150 or something. I think it was like 130. And then I didn't, I didn't have that good a luck the rest of the rest of the way lost up every single time. That's why I don't tell you those things. Um, don't trust me for your betting advice. Trust Brandon justice. He's the one. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, let's uh, let's talk a little basketball because obviously Michigan season ended. I touched on it briefly uh, over the weekend. Um, I anyway, I mean because that was Saturday. It, we've had a minute to kind of stew on it here. Obviously, Michigan played really shorthanded, right? Like it's you know it, it would have been different if it was you know Kobe and Jet out there. Obviously, no Jalen Llewellyn for most of the season. Uh, some big problems down the stretch being up nine and with uh, less than a minute to go or, or eight or whatever it was and then finding a way to lose. It was a microcosm of the season and it's disappointing that it ends that way, but I think it's merciful. It, I know there are people that are really mad about it and they want to point to Juwan and say, you inherited John Beeline's players. You did such a good job and you know, with those guys and you're not doing a good job now. Listen, it's been a, a very injury-laden season. Uh, you lost out on some some things that you weren't hope, you know, thinking you were going to lose out on. You, you weren't able to get the Texas Tech transfer in. That was a whole thing. They had a lot of plans as far as that was concerned. Um, players like uh, the now outgoing Isaiah Barnes didn't work out. You saw some time early in the season and was a liability out there. Um, it, it just sometimes you're going to have some misses. And you can say that maybe they needed some more development and stuff. But, I mean, this is a young team. And John Beeline missed, you know, missed some NCAA tournaments in the middle of his tenure. Things are going really good, and then they still would miss. It's part of it. Especially at a school like Michigan, that is not. And I know people want to think like it is right there, upper echelon. It it generally has not been. It's 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 a school that is going to have some success, and then it's going to fall off for a year, maybe two, and then it's going to rebound. But I would I wouldn't be so quick to pull the trigger on Juwan. That's that. Clearly, they had the same problems throughout. They couldn't finish out games. That was the issue pretty much all season long. Maybe some maturity would have helped that happen. Now, where they go from here, I'm not 100% sure, right? Do, do they lose Kobe Bufkin to the NBA? That would be kind of a hit because he was just kind of coming into his own late, and they do it when it's not a run. You hope that if that's going to happen, it happens like Mitch McGarry, where it's like, oh, it happened in the NCAA tournament. And, I mean, he stuck around for another year but I mean you know it was all of a sudden like oh he could be a first round guy right now if he wants to be you hope that that's how it happens as a guy makes a tournament run and things go really well might not be the case will Jet stay well you know it's I think part of the problem is is they lost Caleb and Musa right so you're looking back in you know last year They've had a couple one-and-dones that they that Michigan normally doesn't have, right? So if you're able to keep some of those guys, I mean, you go all the way back even like Iggy and stuff like that, You can if you can keep some of those guys that you're losing. Now, I understand with a recruiting change, a recruiting shift, you're going to lose some guys that you weren't maybe going to lose, you know, like in, in previous regimes. It, so it is part of it, annoyingly. But... I think like you're you're seeing a, a relative decent mixture. I think you're probably going to have Hunter come back for another year. I know this year wasn't as exciting for him as maybe the last two years were, but that's some consistency. That's a guy in the middle gives an opportunity for Terrace Reed to grow a little bit more. Um, and and if on top of that, and I always forget his name. Um, 
Greg Glenn. You know, you hope that you get a guy like Greg Glenn able to step up a little bit more. I mean, he didn't play at all this year, but you hope he can step up. Uh, Yusuf Kayak got some got some time and was okay in the NIT. Um, so that gives him an opportunity to be like, okay, I, I kind of get this a little bit now. So he can take that step forward. You're bringing in a guy like Papa Conte, who you hope can do something. And then they're going to bring in a transfer or two, and maybe Jalen Llewellyn comes back. So I would, I would look at this as just write this one off, all right? It's not great. It is what it is. Enjoy the football success. Enjoy the hockey success. Enjoy the women's gymnastics, the wrestling, the things that are going well. You're going to have a down year every now and again in basketball, and this was it. You know, like what I know people were a little bit more weirdly angry losing in the NIT. It, to me, it's just a merciful end. It is what it is. If you if you're watching early in the year, you could tell like it was probably going to go this way. And, you know, you, you hoped that it could be like the old school. They're getting better as the season goes along. It didn't happen. They got some some good wins. Ohio State, Michigan State. You can live with those and say, you know, at least I can take those and and remember those, and that's good. But otherwise, season is mercifully over. Don't pout too much over it. (laughs) You got spring football. You got a a loaded football team. That's something to celebrate, but don't get too angry. Um, Juwan is going to be back for at least another year. Give him a chance to right the ship. It happens. It happened with John Beeline, and uh, we'll see where it goes. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Tuesday. I don't really have a set plan here. We'll find something to talk about, though. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.